Insurance can be compared with a trusty umbrella on a rainy day. It may go unnoticed until the storm hits. But when it does, you'll be grateful for your foresight in grabbing it. It serves as a safety net, protecting your financial future from getting drenched. Welcome to part three of the episode, The Insurance Puzzle, understanding different types of insurance coverage for various emergencies. In part one and two, we explore the intricacies of life and health insurance with Sumit Ramani, an insurance expert. If you haven't had a chance to check out these eye-opening talks, I'd say it's well worth a listen. Trust me, there's some seriously good stuff in there. In this episode, let's shift our focus away from life and health insurance to explore some lesser discussed types of insurance with Sumit. Our first stop, home insurance. So most people get surprised when I mention about home insurance uh, and home insurance, which is a large part of property insurance, uh, has two parts. One is the structure and the content of it. So the idea of insurance, uh, home insurance or any insurance is really to get you back to the original shape, right? Uh, let's say if there was a damage uh, uh, of the structure of the house because of flood, cyclone, fire or any other reason, as long as you're not doing it on purpose, you're covered. And you're covered to the extent of rebuilding your house and bringing it back to the same level. This could also mean uh, if there were interior decoration that you did, those are also covered, right? As long as you declare them when you're buying the product. What doesn't get covered and doesn't need to get covered is the cost of land, right? Because land is indestructible. And this is where some people tend to do a mistake of over-insurance. So when you buy a home loan from, take out a home loan from banks, they would also nudge you to buy home insurance product. And the sum insured would typically be uh, the size of outstanding loan. But loan is towards the entire house, which also includes cost of land. Right? So you end up buying a much larger cover, but you would never need it because the damage could only be to the extent of the structure of the house. And in most products that are sold in India, that cover also increases by 10% year on year. So let's say if you bought a cover for 20 lakhs, uh, the cover would all automatically increase by let's say 2 lakhs year on year because you do realize there is an inflation, right? So essentially if you were to rebuild five years down the line, there the cost of labor, the cost of uh, raw materials all would increase by a certain amount. So to take care of that, the cover also increases by 10% by default in the standard products offered by insurance companies. So that's the structure. Uh, the other part is the content. Some of us could have valuable contents at home. Uh, this could mean the expensive uh, electronic products. This could mean jewelry. This could also mean work of art. And these also get covered by insurance companies. Some of these are quite default and covered naturally or by default with the home structure insurance policy that you have uh, up to a certain limit. But if you have jewelry which is of very high value, then it's a good idea to declare and get extra cover. If you have a work of art, that it may or may not be directly covered in a home content insurance setting because it may or may not be easy for someone to estimate the value of art uh, in a standard structure. So someone will have to spend more time and effort to understand the value of art and then cover it. Uh, then it could also have variations as to it's covered only during home or only during transit or both. Uh, and it generally doesn't form, of, form part of the standard home content insurance and is generally taken out separately. Home sweet home, that cherished sanctuary where our hearts find peace and our memories are woven 
is of paramount importance. Our homes are our castles, a refuge from the world's chaos, and the cozy corners where life's most treasured moments unfold. To safeguard this haven and all the precious contents it holds, we have home insurance. In addition to our cherished homes, there's another valuable asset that holds a special place in many hearts, our vehicles. The other assets that we have are directly property is vehicles and most of us get ourselves covered largely because it's, it's required. Uh, and in there, I think, uh, while motor insurance is generally quite standardized product, uh, some of the riders are quite interesting, or riders or add-ons are quite interesting, and one might consider uh, buying them while buying the cover. One is roadside assistance. Uh, it could really be very helpful uh, if you're stuck somewhere while on a road trip. Uh, if someone comes, pick, picks you up, and those expenses are taken care of. Zero depreciation is, again, an interesting cover. The values of car decrease at a rapid pace. Uh, and let's say if there is a damage, you would want it to go back to original shape, right? Not just to a depreciated car. So zero depth cover becomes then important. But otherwise, motor insurance is largely standardized. Sumit's insights are truly valuable. As we dig deeper, I think it's time to expand our horizons and delve into less conventional insurance options beyond life, health, home, and auto coverage. Equipping yourself with a comprehensive understanding of these products will help you establish robust foundation for safeguarding your financial well-being in the most resilient manner possible. So the other insurances which could become important for individuals uh, are cyber insurance, uh, especially in the new world when you are working from home. And some people are also trying the freelancer route, right? Uh, wherein you are working for a large corporation, probably dealing with their data, and then data security becomes important. Theft from your computer, from your network, and the financial loss because of it, right? And this is where cyber insurance becomes important. Still early days in, in an insure Indian setting, but there are now covers available. The other cover that be could become important uh, is professional indemnity cover, or professional liability cover, which essentially is like for people like chartered accountants, doctors, or actuaries working as a consultant, because their advice could lead to financial damage or their actions could lead to financial damage. And there's only so much you could cover as an individual, right? And beyond that, you would feel the heat of it. So it's a good idea to also consider professional liability cover. Uh, the third third-party liability cover, which is generally sold uh, along with car insurance or bike insurance, but they are also could become uh, important in different settings. So, but before, before we get into it, let's also understand what is the third-party liability insurance or liability insurance in general. It essentially means that because of some of your actions, someone else's property or uh, there was a physical damage to the individual, right? So essentially someone had to incur a financial loss because of your actions. So in case of car insurance, let's say if you run into someone else or run into someone else's car. So yes, your car got damaged and that would be covered from own damage part of the cover. But you also damage someone else's car, right? And you would be liable to pay for it. And that's where third-party liability comes in handy. It could also become important, and I think most of us generally tend to ignore. Let's say if someone is running a crash in a in a in a very small scale level, maybe ten kids come in and spend four, five, six hours. But there could also be instances when kids could injure themselves, uh, and kids could also. Uh, damaged property of your neighbors, right? And we generally tend to ignore uh, risks like these, 
but these also come under liability insurance uh, and should be considered for any anyone who is at least profiting from these these ventures what sumit has shared is an invaluable treasure trove of information it offers a comprehensive exploration of numerous facets of insurance including not only the well known and common types but also delving into lesser known unconventional varieties now here is an interesting fact for you while we grasp the technical aspects of insurance our decisions are significantly influenced by various psychological factors emotions biases and cognitive shortcuts often impact our choices shaping our insurance decisions these factors affect not only initial policy purchases but also subsequent adjustments claims and renewals to understand the role emotions and biases play on the final outcome i invited victor ricardi on the show he's a recognized authority in the field of behavioral finance and a published author on insurance i initiated our discussions by exploring the role that our personalities and biases play in shaping insurance decisions when you're processing these biases some are emotional others are what we use are known as heuristics and those heuristics are not emotional it's just that when when we're given a whole bunch of information we're overwhelmed with with information overload we use rules of thumb to process this information if we tend to be uh, very overconfident we tend to be uh, you know big personalities i think many times we we feel like we don't even if we need insurance then we minimize that insurance versus uh, people who are the opposite maybe they're not it's not even less confident it's people who are more risk averse they're more likely to take on insurance and insurance but also that that could be detrimental as well because if they don't do the proper analysis they may overinsure for certain types of products then that area is just um that influence people's perception i would say about insurance would be how familiar they are about the product The problem is is a framing effect with something like life insurance. People view it as uh, death insurance. So if you look at life insurance or whole life insurance, and you say, "Oh, it has high fees," well, that that's an example of anchoring. So you're not looking at the you know, you have to look at what is your goal for that life insurance. If uh, insurance insuring for uh, long term care and getting an underwriting policy is part of that. If that's part of your financial goal, then maybe the trade-off is not to worry as much about the high fees, or to shop around and see ways to minimize those fees. But that's how people, and and so many times people have that perception of that anchor effect, and they won't even go past at least looking at a policy of, of a certain insurance because they're so focused on the negative anchor that they heard from somebody, and they and they won't move forward with even considering it. So the you know, idea is to be open-minded. Another thing that's sold by insurance companies are annuities. So people hear very detrimental things about annuities. So if somebody had a bad experience and actually bought an annuity, they conclude that all annuities are bad. So that, but that, that and that serves as an anchor. But that that also serves, but that also ties into what's known as representativeness. We take a small sample of something. and we draw a, a very a, an absolute conclusion from a small sample and we disregard the facts and, and all, of all other information if people are sit, you know sitting in a new workplace with new employees and something I would call social loathing 
they say, oh, I'm not sure what, how much insurance to take or the amount of life insurance, or should I even take it? They, they ask their friend or the new peer next to them, and they follow the herd. You know, you can think about it as a group think type of situation or following the herd of just what their colleagues are doing. And, you know, every colleague is different. You know, if someone's married with two children versus a single person, the, the amount and the type of life insurance that they need through a company plan would be much different. But you just kind of go with what the group's doing. They don't want to put the, they don't want to put the mental effort into it. And they just go with the crowd, kind of like a confirmation bias as well. They're confirming what they want to do with somebody else. Victor offered a wealth of valuable insights regarding emotions and biases. It's evident that our behaviors and personalities significantly influence our financial choices, including decisions related to insurance. The key message is that holistic financial planning includes the right insurance coverage, and there is no one-size-fits-all solution. It depends on factors like personality, emotional satisfaction, financial sustainability, and individual characteristics such as work, mental and physical health, family history and responsibilities. People often make hasty decisions based on external triggers, like hearing about someone's illness or death, which may lead to unsustainable insurance choices. Selecting the insurance is a significant financial decision that demands thoughtful deliberation. Here are my thoughts on what should be done. You need to start by identifying your needs. Assess your financial situation and risk tolerance. Understand your current financial state, including income, assets, debts, and future financial goals. Consider how much financial risk you are willing to take. Also, it is crucial to evaluate your personal circumstances. Consider your age, health, family size, and lifestyle. These factors will influence the types of insurance you need. Then, identify the potential risks you want to protect against, such as health issues, accidents, disabilities, death, property, damage, or liability. Depending on your needs, also consider specialized policies like pet insurance, travel insurance, or business insurance. Then comes the key question of calculating the coverage. For life insurance, calculate the amount needed to cover your family's financial needs, such as mortgage, education, and daily living expenses. Consider factors like inflation and the duration of coverage needed. For health insurance, consider your medical expenses and the premiums you can afford. For auto and home insurance, determine the value of your assets and the cost of replacing them. Consider factors like the location of your home, the type of vehicle you drive, and your driving habits. For liability insurance, assess your potential liability risks, such as the possibility of causing injury to others or damage to their property. Then, shop around. Obtain quotes from multiple insurance providers. Compare coverage options and premiums. Consider factors like provider's reputation and customer service. Carefully read and understand the policy documents, including exclusions, limitations, and any waiting periods. Ensure you know that what is covered and what is not. Research the insurance company's financial stability and customer reviews to ensure they can meet their obligations. And lastly, consult an insurance advisor. Seek advice from a qualified insurance agent or a financial advisor who can help you understand your options and recommend appropriate coverage based on your needs. You can consistently rely on OneFinance for top-notch support. Their advice and solutions are meticulously researched and custom-tailored by experts to suit your specific needs. This episode has a goldmine of valuable insights with three information-packed parts. Thank you for tuning in. If you found this valuable, 
then help us spread the message and until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio, and I'm your host, Ashish Shavla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.